Santos Gonzalez, coming to you on Firme, the Cuento y Arte podcast for todo el gente. Yeah, we've got something kind of interesting to talk about. I know I've already brought the topic of colorism and how I symbolize that in my artwork, but one thing that it made me think of, and this is just remembering with growing up with photography and growing up with art and growing up in my Chicano family, you know, I, I started to wonder, is film, you know, 35 millimeter, 120 millimeter, 4x5 sheet, does it matter, does, is film, does it have a bias for how it reproduces color? Shutter speed, you need, you need to 
exposing your, your film to your paper. And he says, you use this tool and you put it where you, you want to have a lighter amount of exposure and you move it around like this. And he, he zigzagged it really quick and he focused it on one area. And he says, but you don't want to put it too close to the paper. No, 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 no. You don't put it too close to the paper because when you do, then you may get blatantly obvious that you have a big white spot on the paper. <laughs> and he showed me, you know, he purposely did it wrong on a few prints so that I could see what those bad results were. I mean, otherwise, how am I gonna actually make a connection to this? Here I am, a, a kid, I was probably about 11 years old trying to understand darkroom printing. And he's like, yeah, he says, let me show you. So, he, you know, we went through the process on a few prints and I could see how he dodged and burned on, on the paper and I was like okay so that's dodging so show me burning and he says yeah burning is this and he had this piece of cardboard with a hole cut in it and he did a very similar technique except the exposure was the opposite instead of pulling exposure back from one spot it was emphasizing exposure only on one spot. And the rest of it was completely blocked. I mean, there was no image touching the paper. And I thought, okay. And so we went through those techniques. I practiced it. I got you know, pretty good at it. And as we started photographing more and more together, he was like, okay, you've got he says, there you go. You're going to help me with these group shots for the Poplotic dancers, okay? So he goes and he sets them up. He poses them how he wants. And, and the, the dance instructor, Teresa Champion, yeah, which I've mentioned before. She's, she's cool. Rocking it. Still, man. She's like, could be 100 years old. She's still rocking it. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway she, she, she's there. She's helping my dad get all the students posed and and in the stance that she wants to have them in, and he's making sure that they're all, you know, in the right focal plane, and he's, he's checking things out, making sure they're looking good, looking at their hair, you know, the little details, the collar, and, you know, dress is just right, it's good. Then he's coming back, he's like, okay, he says, you've got, you know, you got four girls in dresses, bright yellow, bright blue, white, and a bright pink, but then you've got each guy standing next to them and they're wearing their, their black suit. Yeah, with some color on it, but it's it's predominantly black. And he's like, okay, so what are you gonna do? How are you gonna expose for this? And I said, mm, okay, I know what to do. So then I compensated a few stops to expose for the for the black to get the detail that I wanted. that left more detail on the white. So more of that detail, more of that image, that shadow burned into the, the lighter outfits. 
the film onto the reel. I'm going through the, the processing, you know, and, and developing and all that for the film. Changing each of the chemicals. And I, I finished that up. I'm rinsing it with water now. And then I, I squeegee it with my fingers and I put it up to dry. And I let it dry for a while. Then I'm looking at them. And my dad and I are looking at it on this light table that we had inside the house and we're looking there and he's cutting the negatives down into strips I think strips of five five frames so there we are looking at things and he's like okay okay this negative right here this is a good one this one is a good one that one we'll try this one but I think it could work and he's going through all the frames. He's like, okay, they all look really good. We just need to make sure that, you know, nobody blinked or, or made a weird face or anything. Because anytime you, you photograph a group of people, someone is bound to look away or blink or move and, and make a little blur of some sort. You know, so, yeah, we're looking to, to find those, those images and just put an X on them. Yeah. By now, the film has already been cut and sleeved into a plastic page. And on that plastic page, that's where my dad will put an X on the on the frame that he's not interested in because he can see their, their little faces with the uh, little magnifying loop. So he's like, okay, these are the ones. These, these are it. These are the ones that are not X. These are the ones we're working with. So we go into the dark room, set everything up, put out the chemicals, Turn on the safe light, bring out the paper safe, and there we are. You know, we're, we're there. I have the, the negative and the enlarger. I'm projecting the image. I'm looking at it on the easel, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm talking to him about it, and I'm thinking it out. He's not saying much. He's just letting me, you know, go through this process. And I, I tell him basically what I'm going to do, and he's like, Okay, well, let's try that. Let's see what we, what we get. So there he is. Just watching me go through this whole process. And as I'm going through it, you know, I'm, I'm exposing the, the image and I'm dodging this. And then I burn in a little over here. I burn in a little over there. And I'm working with these small little strips of paper, these little test strips. I'm putting them in the trays and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking oh okay well this is pretty good I'm liking the way this one is I like this one I don't like that one that one could be a little darker that one could be a little bit darker that one could be a bit lighter well, I'm going through it I'm figuring out the exposure in my mind and on the back of the paper when it comes out I'm, I'm with a little wax you know pencil a little grease pencil or whatever I'm marking what I'm doing my, my exposure time putting my aperture down so I have my notes and then once I get everything figured out I set it all up I expose the print I do my dodge and my burn I go through that process of moving the tools around and when I do my multiple exposures because it took a few exposures to get to one section to another to another to another so I think it was like a total of three different ex exposure times that um, well everything was was done and then I went 
there, I'm agitating it, I'm moving it around a little bit, and I'm looking at it, and there it is. There's the image, just like I saw it in my mind, just like the way it looked when we were actually there, but in black and white. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. So here's that, that one boy with the very dark skin. You can see his face, you can see his detail, but he still has his dark skin. But it's not as dark as the suit he's wearing. I mean, that's completely black. But you can see the detail in his suit, the folds of the collar and the, you know, around the arm and the pant legs. You see all those, those, those that, that form, that shape. It's not just a, a black object. It's it's just a very dark object with detail, a shadow detail. And then I see the lightest colored dress, the yellow one, looks very, very faint on, on of course, the black and white print. And it, it's got shadow detail. You can see the, the folds and the detail and the texture of the dress. You can see the lace. You can see everything. And then the other dancers, the, there was this one girl, she had the lightest skin. She, um, you can see the detail on her cheeks and her smile and, you know, the little detail around her eyes and everything, her makeup, everything, it came out very good. You can see the detail and the shine in their hair. And all the thread, all the little strands of hair and, and all the detail in the ribbons that they had in their hair. And you see all of that. And then the background, background, the stone rock background from that we photographed. We photographed them at the mission. I think it was Mission Espada, I think. So there we were. We see the detail in the stone, but I purposefully made the stone darker so that the, the, the four dancers, so that they could stand out
this is what it's like to be an artist, son. And I was like, I just looked at the paper and I was like, what? 15, at least. And then an extra, you know, two, three or whatever. I was freaking out. And I looked at my notes and I was like, oh God, I wrote stuff down, man. And then that's, spent the rest of the afternoon making these prints. And, um, you know, my dad always made an 11 by 14 for, for the, well, for Tedessa Champion, for her to have in the, the studio so she can have those photos up of her students. And, you know, when you change a focal length like that, you're changing your composition, you're going from an 8 by 10 to an 11 by 14, well, you're moving the light source farther away from the paper. Yeah. So it's now taking a little bit longer for the light to get to that paper. So that image, everything that you did for that specific 8 by 10 image, it's now changed. So you don't have to start all over from the beginning. I mean, you could if you want to, but then you're really going to be beating your head against a wall trying to get it to look exactly like that 8x10. So there was a little formula that my dad broke down to convert the time and um, for that exposure time. So you can convert that and you just dial that in and there you go, you've got a matching 11 by 14, or you can have a matching 16 by 20, or if you go smaller, you have a matching five by seven. It's a matter of adjusting the time. So there it is, you know, my dad, he made the 11 by 14, he made it exactly look, look just like that eight by 10 that I made. And sure enough, I, I did make, I wanna say I made probably 20 or 20 something of those 8x10s because I wanted to make sure that I had plenty. And sure enough, he was right. You know, I went with him to the studio uh, that next weekend, next Saturday or whatever. And he, we took everything and my dad had all the, the prints and sleeves with a little mat board behind each print. And he had everything in what looked like kind of like a suitcase. It wasn't a suitcase. It was made out of cardboard. It had metal corners. It's like one of those print cases. So he had everything in there with a little receipt book and pen and stuff. So we go in there and, uh, you know, he's, he's showing the prints and he's like showing people what they ordered and stuff. And, and you know, they loved it. They were like, yeah, wow. This is, wow, this is great. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, and then here comes the moms, right? And <laughs> la tia. Oh, mira. Que bonita. Míralo. Look at his smile. Yeah, that's the moms. And the tia's all. Oh, ta handsome. Mira, boy. <laughs> you know, the way tias talk, the way moms talk. Oh, mijo santo. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, they, they love the prints, and, and, and my dad, he made it a 
point to say, my son made these prints. He made these. All of these right here. And they're like, oh, they made us. No, made these guys. Yeah. And I was like all proud and everything, you know. And it felt really good to 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 know that that hard work, all that all that hard effort was appreciated. And the, the time that I had put into making these prints, these people absolutely love their photographs, you know. And even people that, like, like the families uh, that, that, that were there to, you know, to just kind of see what was going on. And they have kids practicing at that rehearsal and all that or whatever. They, even they said, could I buy one of these? That's just a really beautiful photograph. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I did. I made those extras. Like my dad said, you know, that they're, you're going to sell those extras. So I think we only had like one or two left, which was fine because then my dad put it in a book. Um, he put it in a, a sample book so that, you know, you can have, you can see what the work looks like and people can see photographs and see how, you know, how my dad photographs and to see how he poses the, the performers and see how they dress and everything and just to see the quality of the photographs so yeah that's one thing about about uh, being an artist's kid is you end up being put to work <laughs> in many ways and you kind of have to put up with the stuff that they do it can be crazy stuff at times but um but yeah, yeah, it's something else. And but growing up in that that environment with the dark room and the cameras and all that, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And um, and it just made me think more about film and digital. Even now, I still think about that experience and and what I learned in a dark room, working with film and printing and. And that was just the beginning, you know, just the beginning was black and white. I eventually got into color printing, printing images from, from slide film as well. Sebachrome prints as they call them, something like that. So then, yeah, you know, I, I, and it made me think as I, I photographed more and more and thinking of the, the different portraits I did when I was in San Antonio, I did a lot of portraits of, of Mexican-American people, of black people. And I just made, you know, me think of, of the difference between film and digital. And how digital is extremely simple. How it, it really is. And how, when it comes to exposure, not only are you able to instantly see what you're photographing but I think it's also easier to predict how that exposure will will turn out I think it, I just think it's easier to predict that and then you look at film you know every film type it's it, it has a different personality to it you know it really does and, and black and white film and and color film alike color film has their own different hues of color and clarity and sharpness and black and white has its own tonal range you know 
so that each each film has its own little personality and I mean you can take the same photograph same type of lighting composition you know same people wearing the same clothes you can take the exact same photograph with with so many different types of film and you're going to have a different look per each one whereas with digital you know you you photograph it once and then from there you bring that into into your software a lot of people like Lightroom I I am a little different so I like Capture One <laughs> and so I bring it into Capture One and I you know from there you've got different so-called film looks and it's intended to, to replicate the look and the feel of a certain type of film and um some of them are pretty good. Some can be very accurate. Others are like, whatever. But you've got that. And then, of course, you can create and make your own presets. So, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. But, um, but yeah, you know, I just as I look at, at, at back in the day, working with film and photographing Mexican-Americans that had light skin and dark skin, and it made me wonder about the film about is is film designed is it built for white skin because every time i photographed somebody that you know was was a darker skinned or i should say anybody that was not white you know regardless they they didn't have that light very fair skin that the exposure you had to adjust and you had to compensate for it you know, and it varied depending upon how dark their skin was and the lighting conditions and everything, and and um, and it was a, it was a challenge. My dad was right; it was difficult. I remember one time I I photographed um, a wedding for a really good friend of mine, and the the groom was white in his black tuxedo. And the bride was black in her white dress. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh. I mean, exposure-wise, and this was back before digital now. I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. But I told my friend I would because, I mean, they're good friends to me. So, you know, I said, well, let's do some engagement photographs. And mainly, you know, I wanted to do that because, I mean, again, they're great people, so I wanted to give them that gift, but also because I wanted to, to test some things. I said, yeah, you wear the light color, you wear the dark color, blah, 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 we'll go here, we'll go there. So we did, we did those test photos, we did the engagement shoot, and that's where how I learned how to, to expose for her skin color and his tuxedo, and everything else just fell into place, you know? And, um, and yeah, it just made me think, is, is film biased to certain skin colors? And I, I think it may be. I really don't know. But I've often wondered that. And I look at who manufactured the film. Well, the film was made in, either it was made by Kodak, which is made in Rochester, New York. It's, uh, you know, obviously it's an American company. But 
the Eastman Kodak Company, it was started by a white person. And color correction cards, there were these, these color correction cards that had a picture of a woman on there. Uh, and that's how you were to, to set your, your exposure. So you take, that, you take that photograph at the beginning of your roll of film and that's how you base the exposure for printing and everything that's how you base it off of that first film so you you get that you you get that that constant exposure throughout the entire roll of film but you, it's like that test frame is your your gray card frame and my dad just always always called it a color card or color correction card and you know it, i remember it had a picture of, of of a very fair-skinned lady with like medium brown hair, medium to dark brown hair, and she had these colorful objects around her, and they were consistent. And in front of her, she had this white panel, a gray panel, and a black panel. And there was different amounts of detail, like little little details and little things, right? For sharpness, and that's how you would determine your focus and your exposure. And that was your 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 first frame, typically. That's what my dad did on, on a lot of his color work. Not so much black and white, but for color, yeah, he did that did that often. If not, probably every time. And um, I remember asking my dad, you know if we're Mexican dad why don't we have a color correction card with a Mexican woman on it and he just looked at me and he's like because son it's always going to be a white person and I said but what about Mexican photographers like you what about black photographers and he says well we just have to learn to adapt and uh, like this is what it's going to be you know and I remember that, that conversation. And um, I haven't really seen many of those cards lately. I mean, with the invention of digital, it's far easier now. But, um, yeah, it just made me think about that as a kid. And even now, you know, many years later, working in both film and digital, oh, it just makes me think, makes me wonder. I don't know that they made these color correction cards with other skin tones on them. I mean, they may have. I just never saw them. You know, it's nothing that that ever would have um, ever would have come my way being in San Antonio. And there I was thinking, gosh, it's such a limited place here in San Antonio. We don't have anything, man. And then I come to Spokane, Washington, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, in San Anto, we had, you know, a camera store, a pro-level camera store, and then we had an even bigger one in Austin, like an hour away, and if there's stuff they didn't have in stock, we could order it and get it, like, in a week or whatever. Oh my gosh. Crazy. But yeah. So that's one of the things I, I thought of when I was learning how to print. It made me wonder 
about color correction and how those biases are set up. Another film type, it's, it's a Japanese film type, and um, it, from what I've read, it actually is biased to Asian skin colors, and that's called Fujifilm. Um, Fujifilm, in, in my creative opinion, I feel it's a better quality film than Kodak, in one, in terms of grain structure and resolution, and having the ability to enlarge and, and make bigger prints. And two, skin color. I love the way Fujifilm, the way it captures skin color. When you photograph people outside, especially when you photograph people outside, because I feel that Fujifilm truly separates warm skin tones and those vibrant colors of flora yeah it's very clear in, in defining those two different color types Kodak I feel is a little more red biased a little more orangey a little more warm which is good if you're photographing a certain type of subject you want to go for a certain type of look and again you know being in digital you can change all of that in in the computer but when you're photographing film it really mattered first time around you had to get the right film for the right job and out of all the the commercial work that I did I remember just depending upon what we were going to shoot where we were going to shoot I would buy Fuji, I'd buy Kodak, I'd buy Agfa, which is a German film, and it, it really made a difference. You'd have to, to, to purchase that and plan that in advance. Digital, you just, as long as you got a charged battery, you can take a picture, man. <laughs> as long as you have a, some space on that memory card <laughs> and a battery with some kind of life, you're good to go. But, um, but yeah. Those are some of the things that, that I remember growing up with photographing with film as a kid. And there, of course, there are more stories to come. But uh, I will leave you with this and saying that, that I feel that film manufacturers, they had their biases. I, I can't really come out and say oh it's in writing and there I proved it but just with as many different film types as I've had the opportunity to experience and with as many different skin colors that I've photographed I can tell you that there there are some some pretty set differences when it comes to capturing color especially skin color so yeah, yeah, that's that's the episode for today, talking about film and such, and I say to each and every one of you, thank you for your messages, thanks for the encouragement, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be back with some more stuff. 
bueno, 